the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Over the last few programs, we've focused on the question, why God became man. We have one final look at this question and its answer next, here on Truth For Today. Join us. Jesus, fully God as if he were not man, and fully man as if he were not God. Why does God become man? Why does he subject himself to this kind of uh, humiliation, as Paul puts it in Philippians? Well, we have some answers for you, and we're looking at it one last time here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Join us as we take a look at the answer to the question, why God became man. Here's Pastor Phil with today's program. He said, you come to a throne of grace, you speak with confidence. It's freedom of speech without fear. I could just tell my all. Have you ever been with people that you say, I feel like I could tell you everything. Well, that's the way you're supposed to feel with Christ. Because he won't hit you for being weak. <laughs> he, he won't go against you. Oh, I got you. No, no, no. He said, I can, I can understand. You mean even when I sin? Yeah. He won't endorse your sin, but he knows all the frailty that led up to your giving into it. He knows how human beings think and feel. And he says, you come here, you'll find grace to help in our time of need. Well, look at chapter 5. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able, this is the Aaronic priesthood now, not Christ, he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he had to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. I love this verse. And it says that the Aaronic priest, when let's say someone came from the tribe of Benjamin, and they came to one of the high priests and said, offer a sacrifice, and it would be a, probably another priest, he said, I blew it this week. I, I sinned. God picked sinful men to be priests among Israel. And he said, oh, you sinned? He said, I understand that. I've blown it in that area about 50 times myself. I had to make a sacrifice for my own sins today. I'll offer your sacrifice. The idea is mutual weakness brought mutual understanding and mutual sympathy. Now, Christ didn't have to sin in order to be sympathetic. But he said, even a human priesthood is like the people they lead. I want to make a point here. I say it a lot of times to pastors. Pastors are usually as weak as the people they lead. You don't have any temptations I don't have. I don't have any. You don't have any temptations. You have temptations to lust? I do too. I'm too old to fulfill any of them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just a human being. Greed, power, attitudes, non-loving. You don't have any temptation. 
all of our pastors don't have, one way or the other, in some category. Now, don't go home and fail to sleep tonight. We're not planning to rob banks or, you know. You just got weak people saved by the grace of God recommending a strong God. And the sin of the church is we've elevated this platform so that we think you've got to have somebody that speaks ex cathedra and nearly perfect to pastor. That's a sinful attitude. And what happens is preachers get fired left and right. Nobody's praying for them. Nobody's sympathizing with them. But, oh, we keep upping the expectations so that nobody can fulfill it. And that's why people aren't stampeding to go into the ministry. They'd rather make some money out here and not put up with all the messes. He said when God picked a priesthood, and I want to say for us as a pastoral staff, we desperately need the prayers of a weak people to pray for weak preachers and weak pastors. If you think it's our power, what you need in this church is Jesus. And we're just here to recommend him. I'm kind of like a patient that's been put in the hospital and finally found a good doctor. And I got over my disease, and I'm recommending the doctor. But I've had the disease. But I know where you can get a cure. Are you nervous? <laughs> Don't be. He said, ooh, he's got some secret sin. He's, no, no, no. I, I, I feel right with the Lord. I feel okay. I'm just telling you, uh, we just put preachers and Christian workers on a pedestal. You know what? They're as weak as you. And when you pray for them, pray like you pray for yourself. And the church gets quieter. That's okay. Good. Sometimes quietness is a refreshing thing. Turn to uh, (laughs) Hebrews 7. You know, I said in the first service that most people pay preachers to be good. You are good for nothing. And uh, that's wonderful. But uh, don't think that uh, we are some supermen. I was praying this way, coming to church. I said, Lord, I need as much mercy as the people I'll preach to. I'm not up here dispensing mercy. You know, I'm, the high, I'm not the high priest. He is. The heavenly sanctuary is where it comes from. That's why you've got to be talking to headquarters. All right? And it's sure not up here. It's sure not up here. Be the first to say it. My God carries me. I'm not carrying him. Uh, Hebrews 7, verse 23. Now, there have been many of those priests. You better believe it. Why? Since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Is that beautiful? Jesus is able to save you completely because he stays on the job interceding for you. Keep your hand right there, right there. Back to a book named Romans. And some of you are just froze up. You just went into fear. So no, he's going to start another series. No, I'll get to it. I'd like to preach at least one more time before heaven. That's why I preach it so long. I extend my life. Uh, Romans 8, 31. Turn there. Keep up with the one-liners. Some of you haven't even got there yet. Romans 8, 8, 31. You're in the spirit, you'll know these verses. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I say everybody. 
But the idea is who can be against you and succeed. That's the issue. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Number one, he's saying, I won't be against you. The Father. Watch this. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Well, the devil's charging me all the time. People, in-laws, neighbors. But will they succeed? They can't succeed against the God who justifies. He's already cast the charges out. Who is he that condemns? Will it be Christ Jesus who died? He didn't come to condemn me. He came to die. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It won't be the Father. It won't be the Son. It won't be the Spirit. And nobody else can succeed. Listen. No, in verse 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, they're a little bit stronger than people, the present, the future, powers, height, depth, anything else can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Now, hear me well. The only reason you've been kept and stayed saved is because someone's interceding for you. Don't tell me you have... We've all lost it a thousand times left up to us. His dumb sheep always go over cliffs. Ain't nobody getting to heaven saying, well, I just kept it all together. Get out of here. I'm too old to believe those lies. And half the stuff you didn't do, God intervened. So, well, I, well I, I didn't do that sin. Well, it wasn't because you were any stronger than the folks that did. God just interceded and cut it off for you. Well, well, you know, no wolves. When I get to heaven, you don't see any wolf bites on me. No, because the shepherd hit him in the head with a rod. It wasn't because you were a fast-running sheep. It was just the shepherd had a good rod. I want to tell you, you're so blessed because somebody's interceding for you. You're on his prayer sheet, and it's in his hands. And he keeps it on his breast. That high priest wore a breastplate with the 12 tribes of Israel. And my great Savior, he's got the name of all of his sheep in his hands and on his breast, and he's right before God the Father, and he's delivered me out of more messes that I didn't even know I was headed for. Can you lose your salvation? Oh, you can lose it a thousand times. You ain't going to make it. Oh, my language is getting bad. That ain't just got in me. You would have lost it a thousand times. You're not going to land in heaven and he's going to say, who could separate us? Well, they couldn't separate me because I was a stronger human being than the other dumb sheep. He's going to say, right there, Father, that's why I'm here. You see that intercessor? He's been interceding for me all my life. The devil accuses me. The devil accuses me. Day and night he accuses the saints. Revelation 12 He cast down the accuser of the brethren. And it's a terrible thing when the saints help him out. Gossip and slander, it's as great a sin as adultery. More churches destroyed through slander probably than adultery. Because the saints blab too much and pray too little. 
We've got to watch our mouths, what we talk about, what we say about a brother. Be sure this, your brother and sister have to be as safe outside the room as they are in the room. Don't say anything about a brother or sister that's not present. You wouldn't say to them if they were there. I'm meddling. I'm just talking shoe leather Christianity. When you get there, Jesus, you could say his prayer ministry got you into heaven. Because I have tried to find so many ways to make a mess out of it. It's been him. See, I love to preach Christ. Human nature kind of wears on me. I get tired of my own. It's him. Got two more passages, and you still eat by 3 o'clock. Look at Hebrews Hebrews 9. You know what, today, Sunday is worship day. It's going to be the longest any of you do any worship all week. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. If it's a pain, find something better to do. The people of God that know God don't get too much of God. It was necessary. Thank you, Ethel. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves were better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to go to sleep. What was he doing? Now to appear for us. Now to appear for us in God's presence. It's hard to get good representation in Florida or otherwise. Who knows? Now to appear for us in God's presence. What's Christ doing? He's appearing before the Father for you right now. He knows what you need. He sees some of you maybe getting ready to mess up your life. Now, why doesn't he always intervene? Sometimes he's got to let us fail to get us back. Sometimes he's got to let a sheep get injured before he ever feels his need of a shepherd. So he does not deliver from every decision you make, but he sees to it it can work ultimately to bring you back to him. What He's appearing there right now to the Father for me. Final passage, chapter 10, verse 19. After this great defense of Christ's priesthood and sacrifice, he now gives this moving exhortation. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence. Oh, I wish you had confidence. I mean, come on. Let me talk to you, saints. Let me talk to you men. As I understand the word of God, men are supposed to lead things. And you know what? This is a praying church. The men ought to take the lead. If you're going to have family devotions, men, you're supposed to do it. Your kids ought to learn to pray watching you. Turn off that stupid TV. Who cares who's going to win the playoffs? You. And this word, we ought to enter with confidence. He's saying to the people of God, going to the throne of grace to talk to Jesus is something you feel confident about, something that you are free from fear about. It's something that you love to do. You talk about your prayer times with Jesus, your sympathetic high priest. Now, if you're not talking that, you're not leading anything, and please don't tell your wife to submit. She's sick of hearing it. She doesn't need to submit. You need to lead. 
Don't, don't try to get the women straightened out. We've got to get the men straightened out. I know more men that can quote to me Ephesians 5, 22 like that. It's their life's verse. Submit. <laughs> Submit. I said, man, I've never seen you learn verses so quick. Submit. It's like they're that horse. yee baby. They got that one. Wait, wait. Let me tell you something about women in this church. You know, when I first started, we, we kind of, I came from a tradition, women did everything. And I found out, I've tried to be as biblical as I know how. And for when I understand the word of God, men are to lift up holy hands and pray in the assembly. So I understand that men are supposed to be overseers. Men are supposed to be the leaders at sacrificial service. Now, let me tell you, that doesn't mean the women are excluded, but I have found out for every man that steps up, it seems like 10 women will. And I see many churches, the women do it all. And thank God for sisters. Oh, what God has done through the sisters. But I'm telling you men, as I see this exhortation, when are you going to grow up and become a praying man? When are you going to quit bad-mouthing wife and kids and, and order them to church? When will they ever see you broken enough to intercede for them? And they see you before a throne of grace with confident prayers instead of being this little uh, sucking-on-the-bottle kind of man that's been saved 20 years. When are you going to get a prayer life? You can't make it without prayer. Uh, we can't hold you up enough. Am I trying to beat you up? No, I'm a frustrated man for some of you. And I say, when we talk, we ask, have you prayed about it? No, I want you to pray. I know I'm not going to pray for you. If you won't help me, why should I pray? Because God's not going to get any more involved with you than you're willing to talk to him. There's nothing going on in your home He's not willing to help you make better, but he needs your help and cooperation. He wants you to come. Are you confident? Or I see men all beat down. I see guys excel, you know, blue-collar work, out of, climb, steal, and do this, and you get them in the church, and it. <laughs> so what's, what's going on? Be strong. Be men. Be men of courage. This is no hour to waffle. This is no hour to go AWOL. This is no hour to cave in. The forces of hell and evil are out to destroy this culture. We need somebody to stand up, pray, and get ready to go out. No wonder my wife likes me to put the notes published. You can't publish this stuff, though. I just got to do it. I'm exploding this morning about some of the, I'm tired of seeing saints acting like they're ain'ts. If you're a saint, you've got the confidence, you can come to the throne, and you just show them a ticket. I'm here by Jesus' request. He told me to come, and he said, Lord, you wouldn't beat me up. You'd be sim- the pastor might, but you won't. Jesus is a lot better than most pastors. You've got to know that. He'll be sympathetic with you. You want a prayer life? Come tell me about it. One of your kids, are they're nine years old, going on 21, and you don't know how to handle them? Come on, ask me for wisdom. You mean you and the wife aren't getting along together? No. Well, we've just made an $80 assessing a booking. Well, why don't you talk to me about it? Don't you think I'm sympathetic? 
wanted to show up. And he says, come, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us be timid. No, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I'll stop. Our God came close enough to us to be hurt by us. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. The incarnation had meaning for God as well as for us. As a spirit being, God had never felt physical pain. How could he? Lacking nerve cells. He learned about pain just as we humans learn about it through personal experience. Among the many limitations God accepted in coming to earth was, a, was physical suffering, which Jesus came to know in the worst way. He was quite literally dying to be with us. Augustine said, Man's maker was made man that he, ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on its journey, that truth might be accused of false witnesses, the teachers be beaten with, the teacher be beaten with whips, the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, that life might die. Augustine spoke of Christ as the one who, already son of God, came to become son of man, so as to give us who were already sons of men the power to become sons of God. That's why he became a man. Your Bible's full of other reasons. When we celebrate Christmas, folks, it's not Santa, it's not elves. It's the greatest mystery in all of history. God would step into the human arena and wear diapers, if they even had them, and nurse a young woman's breast. And from Bethlehem, he tread all the way to Calvary. And from Calvary, back to the heavenly sanctuary, where he now functions as a high priest with wounded hands, saying, I paid the price to intercede for a people. Let us sing. Come in. I'll pray while you're coming. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ has come and that all the Antichrist spirit of this old world cannot undo the reality of a manger, of a cross, and of an empty tomb. Maybe someone here today is afraid of you, Father. They've painted an image like uh, you're scary, like you don't really want a relationship. But we've got Jesus to say, this is what he was willing to do to get to know you. If there's anyone here today that does not know your son, Father, I ask, open their eyes as only you can do. Persuade them, persuade them to receive Christ by faith alone. They only need to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is the true Lord of Lords, true God, that He alone can pay for our sins. 
He alone is the middleman between God the Father and ourselves. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.